Welcome back to the Make It Count podcast. We're going to pick up on an episode we did recently, maybe a month or two ago, which was the first habit of the seven habits of highly effective people. That was be proactive. This one is going to be the second habit, which Matt is... Begin with the end in mind. So we're jumping straight to this. Hopefully you've gone and been inspired and you've read the book already. But if you haven't, we'll give you a summary of chapter two kind of today. I haven't. You haven't what? I haven't read the whole book yet. You haven't? No. Wait, but you have got the little card things, right? Yeah, there's a good deck of cards which has got like one for each week of the year and it's split the habits into, well, a bunch of like little sub things that you can do. And so there's one activity for each week of the year or just 52 days in a row or whatever. So I just look at one of them each day. What's the activity for today? It was uh, nurturing your body because I'm I'm on the last habit. I started sometime last year. The last habit, obviously, is resharpen the saw. Yeah, there we are. Okay, so I was going through a flick through of the chapter again more recently. And the first thing he talked about really that jumped out to me was all things are created twice. Ooh, created twice. Yeah, what do you think about that? I think I know what you mean. Because you've spoken about it before. Uh, but you've used different language. You said all things happen twice. Mm. To this idea of you have the event that happens, but you it happens before in your mind when you imagine it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, and I read it in a different book more recently, but everything has begins with the imagining of it. Right. You have to imagine it first. And as soon as you, if, and and, he, and in this other book, they talked about, if you, if, if you hear, ever hear someone say, I can't imagine that happening, it probably won't happen because huh. they literally can't even imagine it happening. And so we have to first imagine it before the happening can happen. And so we have to recognize that. So Matt, can you think of an example in your life where you imagined it and then it actually did happen afterwards? Yes. Then it's definitely something I think I, I well, have I spoken about on a podcast before? Maybe, maybe not. It's it's actually a little bit of a frustrating ongoing thing, but it's um this it's not exercise, but this move called kip to kip up. Mm. So it's like you see it in like the karate films where they're like on their back and then they like flick their legs up and then they're boom, they're standing upright. And I was like, Oh, I'm gonna try and learn how to do that and you you go on YouTube and you see a few people do it and they do it like first time. You're like, that's totally unreasonable. And I kept trying and I couldn't do it. But then after a while, a few times, I was figuring out, okay, what am I doing wrong? So I watched this particular video and I really visualized that's, okay, that's what they're doing with their legs and their body to do it. So I kind of sat there in the ready position and like really just imagined myself like almost like uncoiling like a spring into that. And then I did it and it was like, yeah, so good. Since then, uh, I was like, great, I did it. And then I didn't do it for a few months. And then I've tried to do it again recently and I can't do it again. Mm. But I think that imagining, I really like imagined my body like uncoiling like a spring and then boom, I did it. It's like, oh, so good. Mm. Yeah, and I think sport is one of those things where it comes up, that idea of 
visualization like can you see it in your mind's eye either through the first person perspective or the third person perspective mm. i remember on my masters we talked about this and we had to go through this like imagining or this visualization of something and then afterwards the lecturer was like so who saw it through the third person and who saw it through the first person and you're like wait yeah, because of course you might have a different tendency. Some people are going to have like this almost like high oh, camera so view of yourself. And some people will see almost themselves through the, the through first, person, first person view. Wow. Yeah. What do you imagine things in, David? I think I imagine things through the third person. I'll go to that. Okay. So I almost have the camera hovering above me when I'm trying to do it. Like, yeah. Mm. Although sometimes I'll like, well, and maybe that's because when you were talking about doing the kipping, I was like, hmm, yeah. I can see myself lying on the floor and doing it rather than seeing what my eyes would see if I did it. Sure. And I suppose that makes sense because we typically spend most of our, when we have visual input, uh, when we think of something that we've seen happen, we think of an example that someone else did. So that's an image of someone else doing it yeah. rather than... So, if I try to imagine, right, this is what the view is going to be from me, it's not doesn't give you an accurate image of what the shape looks like from your body. But yeah, so yeah, maybe if it's like unfamiliar, because this is the other side of it. Obviously, I play quite a lot of football. Sometimes, if I'm on it and I'm going to play football in the afternoon, I'll think about like how how should I play? What are things that I need to be thinking about? I start visualising, this is the pass I'm going to do, or yeah. if I'm in this position. And that, I see through the first person. Sure. But that's probably because I have many hundreds of hours of football that I've played, and I'm used to those different situations and examples. So yeah. I, can see, I can see it accurately through what I am going to be able to see at that point. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I'm going to try and be a little bit more aware of, of what view I'm taking when I imagine things now. Mm. And so, he, obviously, we're talking about this with sport, and it's very interesting because sport is quite a studyable thing, actually. And so they, this idea of visualising it, they, I think we understood that mental repetitions, yes, i.e. that visualising of a success or a pattern, is actually a good practice. Yeah. It is a lot equivalent of actually physically practicing it. Yeah. Which and so is mad, isn't it? we're talking about the begin with your end with the end in mind mm. in and bigger, you know, what is the end? Well for most of us the end is gonna be death, right? <laughs> well, is that the end? Mm. Maybe. I mean yeah, well, great great comment. Maybe we won't go to today, but you know, that's that's where we're going. But can you imagine what people are going to say about you when yeah. you die? And actually, or can you imagine the success? And there's some stuff that goes a bit weird in this place, I think, where people talk to the universe, shall we say, you know, uh, you, you have to speak clearly to the universe for it to come back to you in a weird way. But oh, right, I, see. Um, I think we have to be able to imagine it first. Yeah. And so what might that look like on a bigger scale? Matt, for you. Right, I see. Well, there's levels to this, isn't there? So there's a whole lifetime thing where you could say, for example, um, in my current career or job, rather than just taking it as it goes, almost thinking, what is it that I really want to achieve? 
with this career or this you know this this effort what is the end picture who maybe am i serving where am i helping what are the things that i'm doing um and and that can then it's like then you start working your way back and going oh so no what do i need to do today so it's not necessarily a whole lifetime thing i find it well maybe it's just because i haven't done it yet you've done the whole obituary thing so maybe i should be asking you but i haven't sat down and done the write your own obituary and really think about what are people going to say about you when you know on your 80th birthday or things like that i haven't thought about it as deeply as you have so i find it difficult to even think that far ahead so maybe i'm in the camp of i can't even imagine that right now because mm. i've not spent the time to do that not because i'm not able to it's just because i haven't yet but i can definitely think in the next 5 10 15 20 years of sort of, of maybe varying levels of clarity and and detail of these are the things that actually i'd like the outcomes to be hmm. but uh as with all these things you're making me go ah oh, I haven't done the homework. Do you feel like you're falling behind yet? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I, that's yeah. that's not a helpful mindset. Exactly. Falling behind. Yeah. Nobody listening to this is behind because yeah. you're the only person that's lived your life. But don't, don't believe that lie. But it definitely, I think that's the whole point in this episode. I'm going to shut up now. But probably all of us could do, and you could even revisit your one, David, starting at, well, yeah, what do I want people to have said about me at the end of my life? Not just what to have said, but what do I want to have had the impact on people? Who do I want to have served and loved and and working your way back to all the way to today, this week? Mm. Just help to set that. Am I walking towards that or am I walking in the wrong direction? Mm. And, and that's part of the thing of like that obituary, as you write it, as you write down what is important, what, who you are or who you've become in that moment. People go over and say, this person was a kind, attentive, challenging person. You know, they, uh, they asked great... As you, as you write that, you have then imagined it yeah. and you will start moving towards it. And there's something about affirming that and rehearsing that and reimagining it. But I think the other thing as well, that can feel like really quite a big thing. And if you're going to do it, no, the first time you do it, it's not going to be the best time. Like most people that do it go, I know how revisited it a few months later and was like, no, maybe that's not quite it. It's not necessarily a one and done thing, but it's something to first imagine it and then you start moving towards it. But another thing that can be quite useful is, and this is maybe much more tangible, but what is your ideal day? What does that ideal day look like? Because that is also something that you can imagine and move towards. And it's something I, I hear this conflict a lot in people that talk about this idea of, you know, what should I do? Should I work super hard like the Elon Musk 80 hours a week through my 20s so I can have the life I want in my later years? Or do I try and live the life I want now? And then whilst you've got the young yeah, youth, whilst you've got the young youth and it's like the young youth. Well, you got the youth, yeah, the well, young energy, well, yeah, and and I think that's an interesting idea. Maybe that's a false opposite per se, a false dichotomy, false dichotomy. Because hmm. actually, can you get to somewhere you want to be by doing the opposite of where you want, of how you want to be? 
Right, I see what you mean. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to have this life where, you know, I'm only working, I don't know, four hours a day and, you know, I'm surrounded by friends and family and people I love. But in order to so get there... So what I need to do is hustle really for, hard for, for the next 15, 15 years. years. I got to not invest in any of those things and do the exact opposite to that. So, you know, so, you know, maybe it's not entirely right, and but maybe it's not entirely wrong either. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think starting to move towards those things. What's my ideal day or what's this, what's the legacy I want to leave? Sure. I think it also, well, the way, the place I take that is most people, most of us are not going to end up being super uber wealthy multimillionaires and can retire when you're 30 or, or whatever, even 40. Or, but a lot of us are still on that track of, well, why ultimately, if you really drill down to why am I, what am I working towards? I'm working towards so that I don't have to work anymore. You know, if I have retirement, so that I basically got enough to sort of calm down, live the life I need to live. And so it, it's I need to provide for myself. And and if that's the ultimate vision, it's that's a that's a good start. You know, it's good to be able to be providing for yourself and your family and those you love. But it feels like that's a shame if that's the, where it stops. Yeah. Whereas if you've got something that goes, it's even further. And what may be my contribution to others that can drive you? It doesn't have to be an either or. You can be like, I'm investing in that through my work, but I'm also investing in people in relationships and in some of these other things I enjoy, sports and music and creating beautiful things. Because ultimately my life has purpose in providing service to others, beautiful things. And and so I'm cultivating a, a life of, I said life of integrity, but a, a unified life, a coherent life that isn't going, I'm working so that I can not work. Mm. Yeah. And so this is, this is, that's the first part of the chapter. All things are created twice. But the second part that stood out to me was this interesting thing, by design or by default. Mm. And that's why one of the things you're talking about there is that, actually, if you haven't imagined it, you have actually, or someone else has told you what to imagine. Yes. You know, we already have, there's things in our mind and what we imagine about our future that are there. We have thought about the future and it looks like something, but if we haven't designed it, it means we've defaulted into it either through our environment, through the things we watch, through the family of origin we, we're a part of, through our culture. There is a, a picture of the future. You have imagined it. It has been created. Yeah. And unless you design it otherwise, you we will live into the default that we've been handed to us. Yeah, you imbibe the picture that someone else has created for you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're very image driven. The probably, as I say, the as you said, sorry, the if, if you're not intentional, you just accept the one that's given to you. And I wonder if we're even more susceptible to a imagined future or an image, imagined end that we're not even aware that we have. What do you mean by that? Well, so for example, if I'm not thinking along these lines and I'm just going along through life as it comes. I'm accepting the images that society, culture, media throw at me for this is what you should aim for. This is what your life should look like. But if I'm not attuned to that, 
I don't have any way to even recognize, well, is that what I want? Do I, I don't have a filter to go, is that what I want? Or is that just what they're saying I should want? And so maybe I'm even more susceptible to those things. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. And I, I think this idea is probably why the the idea of a midlife crisis is so common in our culture. Mm. That, you know, the, the rites of passage are you, you grow up, you leave school, maybe you go to uni, you leave uni, you get married, you have children. You do that, right. you get your, your children leave home and you go, what, what now? What was this all about? What was this in aid of? What was the purpose of this? And you realise... You've been living by default for the first 50 years of your life. Yeah. And that, that would be a crisis. Definitely. It's a, it's a reasonable thing to have been in a crisis about. Because <laughs> actually, you lived somebody else's story. Yeah. And again, I think it's important. We, none of those things in and of themselves are bad. But it's that idea of, but if I wasn't intentional in choosing that path, then... It's a shame, mm. and and I th- I think all of us it would go, you you end up not living it as well as you could. So if you were really intentional about it, and you go, no, this is totally what I want to do. You can double down on that, and that can be even more fulfilling. Yeah. Whereas if you realise, well, actually, maybe I don't want to walk that path. There's mm. some other things I want to focus on. Yeah. So I I want to reiterate that it's not that that path is wrong. It's it's a perfectly good path. It's a path that many people for hundreds and thousands of years have taken yeah. and is perfectly it, in fact it's really good but like you said did you do it just because that was the default and everybody else did it or did you choose it yeah and there are lots of people that choose it that you, we've met them you know this idea that i i really want to invest so much time into children that are going to grow up and change the world yeah yeah great that's so much more powerful than someone's like yeah i've, I've had children and <laughs> i've got to work longer hours because they're expensive yeah <laughs> yeah you know and and so there's by design or by default is really important and in mm. the end we default to default <laughs> and that's why we were i suppose why i like talking about this is i want to highlight that there is a default and we will live it unless we choose otherwise, unless we first mm. imagine something different, unless we design something different. So have you ever identified an area where you were living by default, David? Now, all of the areas of my life I was living by default until I brought an, an awareness to it. Mm. Uh, I suppose quickly to move on, he talked then in the chapter about the power of imagination. We've really talked about that. We've wrapped that into the first thing. But then he also talked about having a per- personal mission statement. And what is a part of that? And so what is at the centre? For many people, they might live spouse-centred or money-centred or family-centred and, and all of these different things. And actually, are they in the centre of, of uh, mm. your life? And then he postulates that all of these have shortcomings uh, that have a cost, a bigger cost, and that it's much better to live a principle-centred life. Right. And, and actually, what are the principles and the values you want to live according to and how all the other parts of your life should sit on that, those key unchanging principles? And as our, our good friend Groucho Marx said, those are my principles. And if you don't like them, I have others. <laughs> yeah. If anybody who listens to our podcast has heard of the Marx Brothers, I'd just be shocked and surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Comedy quartet from the 1930s onwards. Yeah. Anyway. And TV was in its infancy. Yeah, so that, that idea of really mining down and to live 
according to principles and values that you've brought an awareness to and intentionally chosen then allows the other things in your life to be designed and intentional. Hmm. Was there any other aspect to the chapter? Those were the main things. I mean, really, he was like, go away and write your mission statement, write your life philosophy. You know, he gave a few examples of that. And, and he really mines into what are the shortcomings of if, if you put your belongings at the centre of your life, this is what it's usually going to look like. If you put your spouse at the centre of your life, this is what it's going to look like, you know, the good and the bad. And there's, there's a shortcoming to all of them, which is why eventually he comes to this thing after going through work and pleasure and family and spouse and all these things. He goes, but if your principles at the center of your life, that allows you to navigate all of those other things that are all a part of our life. Um, and, and so he mines into that. And really, mm. the homework is go write your personal mission statement for your life. Or, uh, you know, as, as I've done, write your obituary. What do you want someone to say about you when you die? Wow. Because that helps you go what's important. So, a bit of light homework for everyone this week. <laughs> Maybe just go read chapter two. <laughs> yeah. Get the book or borrow it from a library. What is a library? Are they still a thing? They are still a thing. <laughs> He started using the library recently. Yeah, yeah, great way to get books for a short term. You don't have to pay any money. Borrow it from the library, oh, reach out to two. Libraries get their money from your taxes, and man. Yeah, well, exactly. They're already taking it, so might as well use them. <laughs> and write your, your mission statement, your, your life mission statement. I think this is, and obviously the first habit is being proactive. Hmm. That leads into this second habit. For because sure. if you're not proactive, you're not going to be able to move from the default to by design. Yeah. You know. And you're not even going to start doing this anyway. You're not going to start doing it. So 90% of you ain't going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so we like this series. This is the second of seven habits. We're not going to do them every week, but maybe one a month for the next few months. Something like or that. Something like that. Uh, and, and then at the very we'll, end, we'll have a beautiful party of all the seven habits. Yeah, we've completed uh, life and all perfect habitual ways. Anyway, let us know what questions you have. We love hearing from you when you take the time to write us a message. It's really appreciated. Yeah, that's makeitcount.pod at gmail.com. So we will see you next week for another episode of the Make It Count podcast. <laughs>